I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello and welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. My name's Pete. Here's Dave. Ahoy, hoy, Peter. How are we? Yeah, I'm all good. I mean, you, you asked anyone on Patreon to just heard me say that I'm absolutely fine. Yes, yes. It's worth subscribing to her Pete's dream from last <laughs> night. Um, yeah. So... Uh, People talking about their dreams is usually really boring, but, uh, yeah. like, who gives a shit? Apart from when it's me talking about the dreams, and then it's really interesting. It's incredibly boring. Hey, one thing we haven't talked about yet, though, since I spoke to you today, is uh, that you were on Radio 1 this morning talking to a man about Samuel L. Jackson's chips or something. What? Yeah. Um, Talk me through it. Uh, this keeps happening. Like I do I do generally do a serious job, and then whenever I do stuff that isn't quite as serious, it seems to end up, <laughs> seems to end up on Radio 1. Um like I used to be before I became washed up. Um, I went out and about. Uh, they're filming the next Disney Plus Marvel Studios TV series in parts of West Yorkshire at the moment. Oh, yeah. And Samuel L. Jackson was here and I went to Halifax where they are doing some filming and asked people if they'd seen Samuel L. Jackson. And... Um, <laughs> One person happened to be eating chips at the time, and I said, would you let Samuel L. Jackson have one of your chips? And he said, well, if he signed the box that the chips was in, were in, chips was in, that uh, the chips were in, um, then he'd let him have one. So that's that ended up on, on the Radio 1 breakfast show with Greg James oh that's, that's even that's almost as exciting as your dream but the weirdest thing is because this in like my line of work this has happened like I'd say like a, a fair few times right that something that I do for the BBC somehow ends up on you know on Radio 1 in news yeah. or whatever and the weirdest thing is that the first you hear about it is when people text you or message you or tweet you being right. like I've just heard you on Radio 1 and my immediate response to that would be sort of quite deep concern because I'd be like, "But why? What have I? What have I done? Yeah, I've not done was, anything yeah. for them." Um, right. So I had to dig out the context. But yeah, that's what it was: Samuel L. Jackson and some chips. Well, there you go. Have, have you seen Samuel L. Jackson this week? Uh, no, but my friend saw him in Leeds City Centre yesterday. Oh, what was he doing? Uh, fil- filming. He was actually all right, all right. doing so, the scenes. No, no. Uh, but apparently, okay. he went to a. a, a well, he went to some restaurant in Huddersfield, apparently, yesterday. Oh, okay. So... Well, there you go. That makes uh, 
bit of, bit of celebrity spotting. Always exciting, isn't it? It is. Um, that's good news. All right, well done. Um, should we talk about friends? Yeah, yeah, okay. It's a double requester this week, isn't it, Peter? It is. Um, can I can I make an apology first? Uh, yeah. Because both the people who've requested this episode have very kindly sent us quizzes. A double quiz. Um, but one of them, who very kindly emailed me the quiz, I don't know what I've done with that email. Oh, no. So they did a quiz, and I have lost it. But to be yeah. fair, if we were to do two quizzes, we'd be here all fucking week, you know? Yeah, that's true. I'll tell you what, here's a thing. Between now and the end of the week, resend us the quiz, and we'll do the quiz on correspondence. How about that? Okay, fine. That's good, isn't it? Because then we can split the quiz, the quizzes up. So we've got a single quiz, is that right? Yes, we have a quiz, yeah. Great. Okay, and the quiz is presumably from Kerryanna because she's not the person that said, um, "I want to email you the quiz." Right? Yeah. So Kerryanna sent a quiz. So here's Kerryanna's request: Hey Pete, and a hoy hoy Dave. Very nice to have personalised hey, greetings. Uh, why? Why do I get a different greeting? Well, you don't say a hoy hoy, do you? you well, no, but I might want to receive one. Well, you should put the effort. You know, you got to give a little to take a little, Pete, as it were. You know, you got to give something back to what's the phrase? You know what I mean? It's all do take you? a no give. No. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. I told you I fell asleep earlier. Okay. Um, I'd like to nominate Series 8, Episode 18, the one in Massapequa. Some great lines in there. I'm not going to read them out, actually, because um, we can feature them in the end of the episode's best lines bit, can't we? Um, uh, it's a great Jack and Judy episode also, and shows the dynamics of their relationship with Ross and Monica perfectly. And I can send you a quiz, even though my name isn't Amy. I'm sure it'll be fine. Well, we'll be the judge of that, Kerry. But at least we do have your quiz. Thanks, Kerry. <laughs> and a second a second uh, request from Chris, who says, Ahoy, hoy. Oh, there you go. You got your hoy, hoy. That was to both of us. Love the podcast as always. I feel sorry for season eight. So my selection is the one in Massapequa, otherwise known as the one with the zesty guy. Is that what it's otherwise known as? Or have you just said that? No, it does. It does have two names. Does it? Mm. There you go. You learn something new every day. Uh, I really enjoy this one, despite representing Monica's nadir in the whole series, largely because of Alec Baldwin's great performance as Parker. Uh, this was four years before 30 Rock, and he spent most of his career as a heartthrob in thrillers and dramas, so it was something of a revelation, probably set him up for the next 20 years. There's also nice work from Rachel and Ross and their subplot, and of course, extra points for a Jack and Judy episode. My favourite line in the episode is, no, I'm not going to say it again, again, we'll save it for the bit at the end. That's good. I'm glad that you're all saying your favourite lines now, even though you requested this before we started doing that bit. That is some thinking ahead shit, isn't it, Pete? I know, right? I hope you get to my request before too long. <laughs> well, it's been that long that Pete's lost the email, Chris, if I want to say. I'd say we haven't achieved that. Look, we got was... to your request. It's just that the quiz was collateral damage along the way. Yes, exactly. Look forward to hearing your thoughts on the episode. And I've got a quiz to send you. How do I do that? Email question mark? I'd say for a future reference, no. Maybe you never actually sent it. Yeah, maybe. Did you, did you not reply? No, hang say, on. I can't say that because that's me. That's me excusing myself and it's it's probably more likely that I just lost the quiz well even if he never sent it it's because you probably never sent him your email address so it's it's, it's your fault either way I'd guess mm, probably you know so there you go alright All right. then so season 8 episode 18 the one in Massapequa here is the Wikipedia synopsis and you're quite right it does the one with the zesty guy is the alternative title given 227418 prod code 
Um, Monica botches an attempt at giving a heartfelt speech for her parents' 35th anniversary. Phoebe dates Parker, who's an overly enthusiastic about everything, which ultimately annoys the entire group, including herself. And Ross and Rachel have to pretend to be married at the gala's anniversary party. And Ross's wedding toast stirs feelings in Rachel. Hmm. Interesting way of putting it. Special guest Alec Baldwin as Parker. We should address the uh, elephant in the room, shouldn't we, before we, we crack on? The Alec Baldwin elephant? Yes, yeah. the Al elephant. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's not really an element. It's just when these were requested, it was certainly before the Alec Baldwin incident. And obviously that's an entirely separate thing and horrible. And our thoughts and feelings go out to everybody who was involved in that. And oh, was, oh, the whole thing is just... Oh, it's stuff a nightmare, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, absolutely nightmarish on, on everyone's everyone's behalf. But for the purposes of the podcast, we'll just focus on Alec Baldwin's performance in this episode. I think that's the best way to do it, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. Yes. Okay, well, I mean, there's not really different plots in this. I mean, there are sort of mini subplots, but it kind of all melds into one, doesn't it? But um, we've got the sort of subplot of Monica trying to make her parents cry and uh, Ross and Rachel grifting their parents' friends for money. Uh, yeah, they've got quite the con going on, haven't they? They really have, haven't they? Like they had, they wanted to, like, let's start with that briefly then, because they wanted to have nothing to do with Jack and Judy's, let's face it, quite mad plan to just tell their parents. What is it in Friends with people just telling people a, a, a thing? Because it happens at Barry and Mindy's wedding, you know, like, they just told all their parents that Rachel had syphilis. Yeah. And that's why she ran out of the wedding and nobody ever questioned it. And now Jack and Judy are just sort of telling... I mean, I just it wouldn't really work in the days of social media, would it? Because everybody would be like, well, what the fuck's happened here? Well, there's no pictures, nothing's nothing's gone on. But it's even without social media, it's a, it's a bold gambit, isn't it? Also, um, the whole cause of the party is a 35th wedding anniversary, which feels like an odd one to mark with a party. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, I'm sure 35th is a thing, but mm. but but still. Well, and this also brings us on to a correction from... Must be, must be a correction, because weren't we talking about how it was Jack Geller's 50th birthday <laughs> yes. last week? Should he was about, like, 15 when he got married. <laughs> no, although that was six years earlier, to be fair, oh, wasn't okay. it? So I guess that might be... They still got married very young, though, either way, didn't they? Yeah. And 21, at best. Um, 2021, yeah. And the one thing that I thought with this is that there's one point where Judy says, uh, she makes a a judgmental comment about um, Ross and Rachel uh, having a baby out of wedlock, right? Yeah. But in another episode of Friends, isn't there a joke where Jack says that the only reason they got engaged was because he knocked up Judy or something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So right, yeah. he, they basically did much the same thing. Judy Geller is a strange character, isn't she? Because I'll go into bat for Jack Geller all day, and Judy kind of often gets bundled in as a, a double act with Jack and Judy, you know? Mm. And they're very funny together. But actually, on her own... She's a bit of a dick, not isn't very she? Person, yeah. <laughs> she's not a very nice woman. Like she's awful to Monica always. Like especially in the early seasons, and even now she just there's not much love there, is there? You know. I also there's a, there's a photo of Jack and Judy on a stand in the background of the party. <laughs> oh, I've got so much to and say about the photo. It's a photo of them in the same clothes that they're currently wearing. Yeah. So and- if they had a photo taken and then instantly had it printed on some sort of board. Well, no, because if you look closely at the photo, Pete, it's it's taken in front of Monica's fridge. Is it? <laughs> so they've just used that set clearly. Love that, and and, and it's in is in Monica and Rachel's apartment. So yeah, they've they've, they've worn the exact outfits before to take a quite formal 
you know, quite a professional photo and then have that blown up. And I just think it's weird to have a giant picture of yourself at any occasion. It's very, um, you know, uh, in succession when Kendall has his party and he has the word Kendall on stage. It's a little bit along those lines, isn't it? Yes, it is. And Kendall is insane. Yeah. <laughs> and Jack and Judy are not portrayed as being quite as sort of egotistical and insane, but they've still decided this is the thing we need, you know? I think that was the first ever succession reference on this podcast. Was it really? Quite possibly. I don't remember one before. That's surprising. Well, there you go. Well, I guess we're not doing a podcast about succession, aren't we? I would like to uh, put forward the hypothesis. Okay, please. That Anyone described as having a zest for life yes. is irritating. This is this is ultimately the problem with Parker, isn't it? And I, I find this episode interesting because it's it's. I think Alec Baldwin is brilliant in this. Like every line he delivers is 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 wonderful. But as a character, he is almost impossible to spend any time. You know, like you you would you would not last more than about twenty seconds with that person. The kind of mind blowing thing about Parker is our first encounter of him is the insane level of confidence that Parker has to kind of like Mm. command the room in front of all of Phoebe's friends like instantly upon meeting them all like he instantly makes himself centre of attention which is so like bold but it sort of works, I think, doesn't it? At least with everybody that isn't... Like, Ross and Rachel make reference to, like, oh, let's hang back and get a different cab. But they all seem to go for it and smart. You know, like they all seem to be having a nice time initially. And I think it's quite a... The, the Chandler joke he makes, you know, oh, it's it's he's very... Uh, he's got very deep psychological understanding of the friends by <laughs> the first time he's met them all, hasn't he? Yeah, he the classic Ross bit's great. Classic Ross, and then... Which I presume is like a sort of... Uh, a call back to the one where no one's ready you know because it's like the same moment the same bit of the kitchen where he's like we've got to go he looks at his watch um, and yeah and he gets Chandler enough to know that he wouldn't want to be forgotten about and he you know and then he goes don't worry you're my favourite and he, he's really like what him and Phoebe have talked about I do not know up to this point the main interesting thing though is that Phoebe gets very quickly disillusioned with Parker doesn't she yeah, yeah. like it takes less than a day but this is not their first date no, because uh, does she mention that she's been out with him before? Yeah, like because she she refers to both him treating her very nicely and also to like an, an implied quite filthy sex life with yeah. him, you know that they they have, which is not something I particularly wanted to picture. But no, I mean, yeah. um, but but she sort of she talks as if now they met in the previous episode, didn't they, in the dry cleaners, but. It would appear that enough time has passed that they've been on a couple of dates at least and spent quite a lot of time together. And she doesn't seem to have even clocked that he's a little bit OTT. Because if you were introducing someone like Parker to your friendship group, you would absolutely say, guys, he's lovely, but he's a bit over the top. So just bear that in mind. But just, you know, it's a, it's like a it's an insecurity thing or whatever. It's a, You try and justify it, wouldn't you? I think as well, you know, when... Um you know when Phoebe notices them sort of taking the mick out of him? Yeah. And she says something like, friends don't like do that about the people you date. Yeah, they do. Like, friends <laughs> do critique people you date. Like, that's that's kind of their job. They spent years basically mocking Janice. Yeah. <laughs> all of them. Like, they're all famously awful about and to Janice, weren't they? Although, who is the good friend who goes and apologises to Phoebe on behalf of everyone? Joey. Yet again. 
always the best friend, isn't he? Yeah, a very sincere apology. And he's like, oh, well, I'll, give, we'll, we'll, I'll really make an effort. He seems like a really good guy. Yeah, and what Joey doesn't even do is... Because Joey wasn't really even involved in that. He could have easily got away with going like, you know, I didn't didn't join in with that. But he just goes, we were jerks, we're sorry. He really takes the takes the fall admits to the mistake and goes let's you know let's let's be good let's be good friends from now on yeah you've just got a lot of time for Joey the more you analyse his behaviour haven't you yeah um but yeah I just think I just think Phoebe would have noticed and clocked before they go to the let's face it weird situation where you're bringing a relatively new person you're seeing to your best friend's parents wedding anniversary out of town yeah and also taking them presents as well yeah, a lot going on. There's a lot going on with that. All this classic friends like needs a reason to be in a place or be doing a thing, but it's it's a it's a fairly big stretch that they'd all be at Jack and Judy's 35th wedding anniversary. Yeah, um, which is obviously quite a formal and expensive affair, you know. How Oysters far is event room C Massapequa from New York? Well, like centre isn't it? So, yeah. um, hang on, I've got I've got my map out. Just Google Maps Greenwich Village to Massapequa. That's what I'm interested in. Yeah, uh, interestingly, there's a little hidden nugget in this episode of uh, Parker saying Massapequa sounds like a magical place. I've never been, but Alec Baldwin was born in Massapequa. Was he? Well, he's born quite close by and grew up in Massapequa. Yeah. Uh, so take that. Oh, take an, that for your pub quizzes. It's an hour-long drive. How do they get there, talking of the drive? Well, they don't... Well, someone... Isn't Monica driving? Monica's driving, but there's been no discussion of the fact that cars don't hold seven people. Uh, But she's just grabbed the keys, and Parker's assumed he's driving with them, and then Rachel and Ross talk about getting separate cabs. So it's just a slightly weird... I just don't understand what's happening there. No, I know what you mean. Monica's driving, but it seems to be five of them go with Monica in her quite small Porsche. I don't know. And, and then Ross and Rachel hang back and get a separate cab, yet arrive earlier than the rest of them. Sorry, I'm just looking at Massapequa on a map still. That's fine. You enjoy yourself. Any Anything to bring to the table before I press a little bit of music? Um, hang on, let's about zoom Massape- in. Just, just about Massapequa in general, the geography of it, you know? That's what I'm interested uh, in. There's a Nate's Reserve, which is Lovely. nice. It's sort of halfway between Manhattan and the the, the Hamptons. Okay, the oh, posh that's bit. Is it? That's all I have to add. Good to learn about Massapequa, isn't it? Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you chiching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, so then we've got this whole moniker wanting to make the toast. And uh, you think Chris referenced it in his, in his request about how this is a bit of a, a moniker and a dear moment. And it's... I feel like Monica's character isn't very well served by this storyline. It's it's just weird and unbecoming, isn't it? It doesn't make well, the her, odd it doesn't thing, her in a good light at all. The odd thing is that Monica confuses um, it, causing people to be emotional with causing people to be upset. So she right. sort of actively wants to distress and upset them rather right. than move them. That's exactly it, isn't it? That's exactly what it is. She's not trying to appeal to their heartstrings. That's sort of like watching a rom-com tear in your eye. She's going for, you know, like as, uh, I can't remember which character says it, but someone says, I could just hold them down. You could basically punch them. It's to death, Chandler, you know? yeah, Chandler's Chandler. Chandler. Yeah. And it's like, that is kind of seems to be what she's going for to just, to, to, yeah, like you say, to emotionally hurt and damage them. I do think I do think uh, Courtney Cox is like really good in this episode, though, because the, the whole bit with I, I find I find all the stuff about um, Monica being like a, a the the lesser sibling to Ross mm. and how sort of. Uh, cruelly that manifests itself in how other people talk about her and treat her I find that really funny I find that side of Monica really funny so I I think the bit like the groan when she gets up and says that she's doing the toast that's really funny and like I I just find second favourite Monica to be a, a, a really a really good part of her as a character yeah, and it's a good dynamic, isn't it? Because it's only really with Judy, isn't it? Like, her and Jack get, do have, like, quite a nice father-daughter relationship, after, you know, even from right at the start when she breaks up with Richard and Jack comes round. And, you know, like, they have in that weird scene that we discussed with this hat at the end of last last episode. But, you know, he's always checking in on her and he comes round to comfort her, doesn't he, you know? Um, and he gives her the Porsche and all that sort of stuff. But Judy's treatment of Ross as the sort of the medical marvel and uh, Monica as... Not even second favourite, like almost a regret. Yeah, like disliked, it? yeah. Yeah, like like active, actively treats her like shit. Like the revelation as well that they paid for surgery for the dog over braces for her and things. Right, exactly. I mean, although to be fair, she the 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 similar revelation that she crushed quite the dog. Large Monica yeah. chose to chose to ride the dog uh, whilst carrying a lot more than a little holiday weight. That's what I would say. Um, is is a whole is a whole thing, but I guess Monica's acting out as a kid. You know, parents are treating her like absolute garbage, so she's gonna go. Oh, I'll ride the dog, see what happens. It's true. <laughs> you can never tell what's uh, prompting a child's behaviour, can you? Um, but yeah, you, you, you're right. That is a is such a funny dynamic to to witness, and it does bring out a strange side of Monica, which, like you say, Courtney Cox plays really well. She's great in it. It's just Monica's character is a bit, oh, God, what are you doing? One of my favourite bits of it is when she mentions Romanian orphans who are incapable of love. It's like, 
<laughs> it's like gone so far into desperation to to cause some emotion that she's right. she's dragging up some some terrible stories about about. But it does then lead us to sort of Ross. I mean, the way that Ross makes everyone cry is by being touching and nice, like you say. So he's he's just understood the assignment in hand rather than just trying to take them down. And there's that great bit at the end when Ross unintentionally makes Monica cry as well when he's yes. talking about, you know, we did learn love from them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the speech itself is is horrifically cringeworthy, isn't it? Like, it's horrible to watch. It's one of those moments where you go, oh, God, oh, not this, oh, God, not more. Yeah. And watching Jack and Judy's face is very funny. But then Jack trying to... Actually, we'll save this because this is one of... This is Chris's favourite line of the episode, but Jack's reaction to the dog and Chi-Chi and all that sort of stuff uh, is very funny in return. By the way, have you noticed that very... It's very timely, but... But there have been a, a couple of viral stories about this episode knocking about this week, and it's all to do with someone who's in one of the shots that shouldn't be. Have you seen this? Oh, no. What is it? Is it the Jack Geller stand-in? Yeah, the Jack Geller stand-in who... I think he's talking to Ross and Rachel at the time, and then suddenly a different person appears next to them. But there is an explanation for it, because they are all shot. They've, they they The versions of Friends that we see these days are sort of wider angles than were ever on yeah, telly originally. Yeah, it's all shot so, in, in the old before before widescreen, isn't it? So we've had, there's, there's that shot of Monica on the couch in a different episode and stuff as well, isn't there? Where it's yeah. just a completely different woman. Uh, but I haven't actually seen the screenshot. So has that been uh, doing the rounds? Yeah, this week. I've noticed it a couple of times. Jack Geller, stand in. Um, By the way, it's, it's someone who doesn't even look remotely like Jack Geller. Well, I guess before the widescreen thing it literally wouldn't have been someone in, in yeah you'd have seen like a little bit of arm or something and that's it right exactly um oh my god yeah <laughs> it doesn't look anything like him it's so different not even the same height yeah. which is what you'd think they'd go for you know so yeah well look Pete no one's saying we take a long time to get round to our requests Pete we're just saving them for the week that they're the most topical <laughs> yeah exactly and that is our justification for all of this forever so you're absolutely welcome before we get on to the sort of finish the Ross and Rachel bit, one of the finest bits of this whole episode for me is Joey trying to cry on cue. Yeah. Right at the start, before we even get to the party. And then I excusing think. the fact yeah. that he can't do it on... Can't do it when people, people are watching. watching. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's perfect Joey, and it's a really nice throwback to the early seasons where we get a lot of, you know, Joey Tribbiani being bad, at an, bad as an actor, which kind of tails off a little bit more towards the end of the, of the show, doesn't it? But... Just watching him proclaim, oh, I can cry on cue, and then just watching his process. Even if he'd managed to cry, not a very slick process to get there as an actor, is it? Yeah, really good. Um, and then his sort of tantrum line, yeah, I can't, I can't do it while you're all watching, is very funny. Um, so yeah, so we'll just finish off this bit about Ross and Rachel grifting their, their parents' friends. So they're really keen not to go along with this, then everyone just starts giving them money. Am I to believe that they made $800 between them? Uh, yeah, I think so, which... Ross, Ross makes reference to earning $400, and for two of them, just turning up, like, I would say, if I was Jack and Judy's parents, one of the best things about not having to go to the wedding is not having to give a present. It's yeah. mad that they turn up with a, a Especially if a you weren't check. invited. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. To turn up with a couple hundred dollars as a check or something is is wild, isn't it? Um, there are some great Rachel lines in this as well. The... the uh, the description of her fictional veil being made of lace made by blind Belgian nuns. Yeah, she, she takes a, a huge leap from 
the idea that no one was there so she can sort of make up her dream wedding to making up like one that is physically not plausible, you know? It's a bold move to claim that your veil was so intricate that it it blinded some nuns. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> like, that's an odd thing to sort of brag and be like, yeah. that thing that I wore? Yeah, it it, it seriously disabled several people. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get the dove who flew in and gave her the, put the ring on her finger and stuff. And, and when she says the ring was the size of my fist, why yeah. isn't she wearing it? Why is no one wearing any wedding rings? That's the real problem here, isn't it? The first thing you would say if someone referenced their wedding ring, just don't reference it, Rachel. No one's asking. You get away with it. But as soon as you reference it, wouldn't they just be like, where is it? Why are you not wearing it? Yeah. Um, and Annie Leibovitz is the official wedding photographer. I mean... who? It, should I know who that is? She's a very famous photographer. Right. There's also, I think... I wonder how conscious it is, but the whole point of this Ross and Rachel storyline in the end seems to be to sort of draw attention to the fact how, you know, their story could have ended differently and they could be engaged and Ross obviously got close to proposing because he thought it all through, et cetera, et cetera. And it's kind of this slow burn of Ross and Rachel being fated to be together. And maybe that's just, maybe I wonder how conscious it is that that might be sort of warming up again here in the latter stages of Friends. Yeah, so a couple of years before they get them back together, isn't it? But they've clearly got their eye on that as the sort of uh, the end game, haven't they? Yeah. When Russell says, that is how I was going to propose, Rachel says a really weird thing. She says, that would have been very hard to say no to, as if that would be the default thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, when you get proposed to, you you try and hard to say no, but sometimes you just make it very impossible. Like, had they been together, you'd like to think she would have been considering saying yes anyway. Yeah. Um, and she also makes reference to when Ross tells her to basically pipe down, she says, this may be the only wedding I ever have. She already had two. Yeah, that's true. She already had a wedding with Barry and she's been married to Ross in, in Vegas. Like, how many weddings do you need, woman? But yeah, yeah, you're right. We get that sort of poignant moment at the end, don't we? And uh, that is the sort of the start of that storyline, I guess. Well, I guess Emma was, but um, it sort of leads us all the way all the way through to the the grand finale. And then we get Phoebe and Parker's breakup, which is contains some excellent lines and then sort of Parker bursts in at the end and says, isn't this the best, best fight you've ever had? I just I think Parker's an excellent character. That's all I've got to say. I think Alec Baldwin's excellent in this episode. Yeah, he is. He's very good. Very strong Baldwin. Uh, should we do 50% of the quizzes we've been sent? Should we do our favourite lines from the episode first? Should we play some music first? Yeah. <laughs> Top three lines? Um, I like... Nana, who would so want to be here, but she can't because she's dead. The sort my, of that's, slow that's emphasis. On that's on my list too. That's so the way that's delivered is so funny, isn't it? Also, one of my favourite lines in the whole thing is Jack Geller's very sincere. I just wish Nana were alive to hear Ross's toast. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Chris makes reference to his favourite line in the episode is Jack's. Why don't I remember this dog? Yeah, that's another great one. Which is um, very strong. And I also like Phoebe talking about people doing, is it some sort of bunny hop with people acting like animals to music? Come on! Yeah. <laughs> um, Carrie Anna said some of her favourite lines of the episode in her request as well. She, she liked to uh, remember she's dead, okay? Her and Anna, gone, as she's passing around the picture of the dog. 
Um, and she also likes uh, Phoebe saying, I'm a positive person. You're like Santa Claus on pros like at Disneyland getting laid when they're having the, the breakup at the end, Phoebe and, and Parker. Um, I just, a lot of Alec Baldwin's lines I think are hilarious. I really like just the throwaway, like what a fantastically well-lit hallway, like finding such niche details to, to be positive about. Um, and then when he, when Phoebe says, let's play the game of who can stay quiet the longest. Or Jenga. And the sort (laughs) of glee that Phoebe sort of suggests that game with, like trying to sort of drum up some enthusiasm for it. Yeah, and just the way his face when he says, or Jenga. But I think my favourite line of the whole episode, actually, is right at the start, when the whole slightly strange bit where he's touching Rachel's uh, belly because the baby's in it. He's like, you know, is there anything in the world more miraculous? Ooh, a picture of a dog. (laughs) And it's just very frenzy. It's the sort of thing you can imagine Joey saying, actually, in a different different context, isn't it? But just the way he delivers that again, I thought was very, very good. So them's our favourite lines. Would you like to do a quiz now, Pete? Uh, Yes. This is from Kerry. Kerry's quiz. Okay. Question one. How does Parker treat Phoebe? Uh, it's like a queen and then also like something else in the bed, isn't it? Like the queen she is, except at night when it's like the naughty girl she is. Right, there it is, yeah. Um, not not going to give myself a point for that, I'm afraid. Wrong. Question two, what couldn't Monica get because Chi-Chi needed knee surgery? Braces. Correct. Question three. What did Joey do with the oyster booger he slipped on? Ooh. I know this. I might have been the bit I fell asleep in. I can't remember. Go on. Wipes it on Chandler's coat. Uh, well, then you can have a point for that. Thanks. Uh, number four. What tear-jerking moment from a film is one of Monica's desperate attempts to get people to cry? Ah, uh, I should know that. I can hear her saying it, but it's gone right out of my brain. What is it? Deborah saying goodbye to her children in terms of endearment. Yeah, terms of endearment. Anytime people reference a film that I haven't seen, I immediately forget the reference. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like in any in Friends or any in anything, and, and if it's something you know, you'll always remember it. But I haven't seen terms of endearment, guys. What can I say? Dave, you're going to end this on a high because you've already yeah. answered this one. Yeah. Question five: What game does Parker dollars. want to play? All right, no. Jenga. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, that ends the quiz. There it is. Whoop, there it is. Hey, want to know what next week's episode is? I do. We don't have a quiz for it. Amy? It's your time to shine. First Back time this series? Come. First time this year. Uh, it's the one where Rachel is late. Season. We're staying in season eight. Just jumping ahead a few eps, are we? To episode 22, yeah. Yeah, just literally four eps later. Um, there you go. One quiz, please, Amy, if you're listening. If you're not, there'll be no quiz. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They'll send the podcast. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.